because anytime we want to have change, we have to look internally first. Welcome back to More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. And I'm bringing us in Lamar because I'm too excited about this guest. This guest has been a personal mentor and leader to me for the past several years. He's impacted my life greatly. He is one of the people that, well, the leading person that said, hey, Keanu, you do not need to wait to be a coach. You need to be a coach. You have what it takes. You need to get started now. He dedicated his time to helping me develop leaders within Elevation Church. And then he was also very, very instrumental in my development. He is an executive director for the John Maxwell team as an independent coach, DISC certified with that team and also has another full-time job as a network manager with Windstream here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm so glad to introduce you all to Michael McCathern. Mike, those are some heavy titles. Tell us exactly what those mean. Oh, absolutely, Keanu. I think, say, first, I want to say, hey, thank you for uh, uh, having me here. And uh, Lamar, I appreciate it, man. So it's just titles. You know, we, we say the man make the title, the title don't make the man, right? It's just the title. So, but with that, I am, uh, they say I'm an executive with the John Maxwell team. That just means that I'm certified with the John Maxwell team at the highest level at an executive director. And inside that, I get to, to, to lead teams that have close proximity to our faculty, right? So I can coach, right? Certified coach. I can go inside organizations and help them develop plans at a higher level, right? That otherwise they wouldn't have unless they come through a certified John Maxwell team member, right? So with that, any anything from DISC, I'm certified DISC consultant. Uh, we'll talk more about that. Uh, diversity inclusion, license to teach diversity inclusion, uh, and also, you know, speaker, trainer. But at the end of the day, I love pouring into Keanu, uh, business owners and CEOs at the highest level so they can develop their team at the highest level possible. And with the Windstream organization, I've been with Windstream as an employee for probably 18, 19 years. Contractor, more than 20 plus years. I have more than 25 plus years in the telecommunications industry, from a network engineer all the way to design. So highly technical, but more than anything else, I love seeing my team succeed so they can operate efficiently without me even being there. And they can do that, Keanu. Signs of a great leader when your team can operate without you. Uh, Mike, I'm, I, there's, I'm just, it's tough. I don't know where to start with pulling the knowledge and, and the wisdom out of you, but I am excited with your uh, training in diversity and inclusion and how, you know, now I think that it's, it's a time more than ever that we need to have conversations. And again, like Jesus did meet people where they are at ultimately to move them forward. And one story that really had stood with me, Mike, and I might uh, mess up the details, but I'll let you backfill and get it right because Mike is a type one on the Enneagram. So uh, Lamar's excited to have me outnumbered finally. Typically, I have a lot of eights on here. <laughs> it's about time. Sheesh, man. Somebody, somebody tell this man he's on the wrong track. <laughs> he's wrong. Somebody so. tell him he's wrong. Finally, I need someone on my side. No, no, Lamar, I'm not wrong. Sometimes I just, you know, I'm not entirely right, but I'm never wrong. <laughs> Love it. Uh, anyways, Mike, you had a story. It was, I remember very clearly back before in 2020, right before everything had happened with, with George Floyd. And of course, um, our country went into a time of, of tragedy. Uh, you had an offer from your company to take on a position that represented 
a certain group of individuals and your perspective on that, it really, honestly, it changed my life and, and the way I view things. And it really helped to get me through 2020 as I was processing things as a Hispanic man, Native American man, like how, how do I respond to what's going on in the world, right? And then also seeing certain injustices and, and what have you, but you declined that position. Can you tell us that story and, and what led to that and then where you are now? Yeah, absolutely, Keanu. And it was more, more anything else. It was an opportunity to be an ambassador uh, for an ERG. An ERG is just a different group, right? They have different groups of individual classes where you have LBGT, you have uh, women, you have pride, you have uh, uh, Black uh, employees. But they wanted me to, to be the face or an ambassador for the Black Professionals Network. Um, and I was thinking at the time, Keanu, it's an honor. But at the same time, it's bigger than that. You can look at me and tell I'm a black African-American man, but they wanted me the ambassador for that. I say, you know what? I would love to sit on the diversity and inclusion committee so we can have an impact all the way down. So I politely say, you know what? I appreciate that, but no thank you. Because I wanted to have the opportunity to speak into more than just the face of, hey, Black Americans, because I'm doing that now at a higher level. We see the disparities of the African-American community, right? We see that. We see the disparities of the Latino, the women, right? And sometimes white, white Americans, depending on what class they're at, we see that. But if I can sit at the table where all decisions are making, because if you're not at the table, you will be on the menu. Man, fire, Mike. You, uh, your perspective on that, I remember you telling me that if I'm going to represent, I'm going to represent as a whole, not for one specific class. And I think that there are a lot of ways that our country is trying to put people in very specific boxes and silos and classes in an attempt to bring them together. And that fundamentally, if I say Mike is in this box, Keanu's in this box, Lamar is in this box, uh, based on, on other orientations, you're in this box, that fundamentally divides us. Yeah. So why do people think that that's the answer? And, and what's your response to a better way forward to actually start bringing us together? Yeah, you know what? That's a good idea. And I think, I think when people have those initial responses, their, their intentions are good. Their intentions are really good because they're saying, you know what? We need a voice for this group. Everybody had a voice because, you know, again, if you're not at the table, you're going to be on a menu and somebody's going to be writing your, your, your knowledge and somebody's going to be writing your story. Right. So I wanted to be at the table to where all the decisions are made. But when people are putting everybody in those boxes, they really feel they're making the right decisions. So they can collectively say, hey, we want the women to have a voice and somebody can be an ambassador for that voice. Right. So I think at the end of the day, when they start segmenting it, but don't base those decisions based on that one ideal person's voice, be collective right? Have a collective voice and ensure that everybody is being heard. And it's not a, from not from a negative connotation, but where we can bring people together. But what if that person at the table is an obstructor? They really don't understand what it takes to move the ball forward, but they've got a voice. That's not going to be effective for anybody. I can see why you had to bring him on here, Keanu. <laughs> this is, this is, I'm having a good time already. I'm already sad that we're going to have to end this <laughs> at some point. So thank, thank you so much, uh, Mike. But um, you, you mentioned earlier how, how you are um, 
certified in, in diversity and inclusion, right? That's what you said. Yeah, licensed um, to teach. Licensed to teach, there we go. What, what, did, what inspired you to, to, to get to that point and what do you, what's the message that you try to, try to bring across to your audience in that area? Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, that's good, Rick Lamar. What, what inspired me more than anything else? And I've got a story, man. My story is, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go back to 1995. Please, please tell it all. We love stories on here. That's, I'm going that's to how back we move. to 1995, where, you know, we talk about racially being profiled, right? And sometimes I can look at myself, sorry, where did I mess up? Because anytime we want to have change, we have to look internally first, right? So I started internal, but I was at the wrong place at the wrong time, Lamar, where I was facing up to 15 years in prison for something I had nothing to do with. But guess what? Nobody's going to believe me. I was working at the hospital. I was going to school at the time in radiology was going to be a state trooper was in class in college, Lamar. But I was in a car with a guy at the time that was up to no good. But when they stopped the car, guess who was in a car? Me. But they looked at me and said, you're just like everybody else. And you're going to jail. I said, hey, I didn't. I, they said, what is it? What is this beeper for? I work at a hospital. Yeah, right. They called the hospital, Lamar, and said, we just caught Mike McCaffrey. They said, no, Mike has never been in trouble. They said, uh, tell it to the judge. That guy at the time was a, a police officer, got a promotion. And guess what he did? He took the case with him. He was trying to ruin my life. I lost my job. I lost my, uh, I changed majors because I lost my career. So when you have something like that, and the, the good news is all charges was dismissed. There was nothing on my record. Everything worked out. However, when something like that happens to you, there's something that resonates where you don't want it to happen to anybody else. Right. So diversity, inclusion, right? Diversity is, hey, being invited to the dance. Inclusion is being asked to dance. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I've never heard it that way. I love that. Right. So when when something happens and you're being invited. So I felt like, you know, my life could have been could have been ruined based off one decision. So what could I do to bring a change? So one thing I want to do, make sure the credentials get licensed to teach. And then I can identify that police officer at that time or anybody that had that mentality or looking at somebody that doesn't look like them or different perspective or profiling. Where do they stand? And in diversity inclusion, Lamar, I talk about four things. It's a PCIHO model, right? Are you a pioneer, right? Are you a champion? Are you an influencer? Are you a hesitator? Or the last one, are you an obstructor? At the time, that police officer probably thought he was doing the right thing. So I'm not going to fault him. He was doing the right thing based on what he knew at the time. Instead of saying, let's look at this. Let's pull this guy's record. He's never been in trouble. He's in school to be a state trooper. He's working in radiology. Let's pull back the cards and pull everything. But no, he was trying to get a promotion <laughs> and ruin everything in the path, right? So, but was he an obstructor? Probably, but if we can identify where everybody stands, we can meet them right where, we, right, right where they are and move the ball forward, whether you're a pioneer Hesita instructor, PC, pioneer, champion, influencer, hesitator, or instructor. And that's dedicated to our, to our diversity inclusion program. I love what you're hitting here because when you, the key thing you said is meeting people where they stand. And I think that's like the reason why you started there is because that's where we all miss. Yes. We're all trying to implant. Here's where I stand. You should come meet me here. Come on. Come, come over here to me 
when really we need to we need to see where each other are standing. So how do you see that changing in our world? How do you see what like what what's the practicality? How can we how can we in our own little worlds change to be better at that? Oh, that's good. Great question. Conversation, right? Just like we're doing today, right? I'm not trying to change who you are. I respect who you are. However, I can let me let me get inside your world. Let me get to know you, right? Let me understand where you come from, your background, because if I can understand another person a little more, I can have, you know what? I understand that. I don't have to identify. I don't have to agree with it, but I understand it. Then I can share my story. This is where I came from. This is my background because there's a lot of people that never made it or been around a different class of people or a different demographic or different, you know, jobs. They've been in maybe one neighborhood the entire life. And now they're in a role where they had to force integrate. And then when you're forced to integrate, then there's certain things that happens. Then you're called a name. Oh, you're, you're a racist. I'm not racist because I've been around a certain type of people my whole life. So help me. Why am I a racist? I'm not racist. So you take somebody that's, they're, they're, they're Caucasian. They've been around the same class of people their whole life, not by choice. That's just how they were raised. Now they go to a suburban. Now they're in a, a, a area where they're around a different mixed groups and they say things, but that's not right. Oh, I'm sorry. But then they're called the name. Intentionally, they really didn't mean it, but now they're labeled. So I think if we can understand people more and how they grew up, how they was raised and have a little more respect, man, it moves the ball forward. Wow. Wow. I hope so many people get to hear this. Wow. <laughs> the assumption, and, and mm -hmm. this is where I think type one or type eight, right? Type one is geared towards what is right and fixing the imperfections <laughs> or improving upon something that is wrong. So you very clearly not only lived and felt and experienced, but you see where things can be made better. You see naturally where things can be improved. And I've watched you had the pleasure of having a front row seat to how you operate like that in your life, in your coaching, in your business, at the church. It doesn't matter when Mike Catherine's in front of somebody, they are going to be impacted for the better naturally. I mean, you can meet the guy at the coffee shop and just be standing in line together and you're going to walk away a better person because you see this is my role in helping to improve the world. And then for the eights, the side of it, it really does err on the side of, of the injustice. I don't want to see people bullied. I don't really care if you think you're right or even if you are right, if you're bullying somebody or hurting somebody to get what you want, it's going to bring out that uprising. So I'm seeing now, you know, the, the powers coming together and seeing how we can understand each other and then, and then move forward. And what I really don't like is when anybody is marginalized, regardless of their background, whether they're white, black, brown, whatever it may be, whether they, they're rich, poor, what have you. Because you really don't know what that person came from. They may look like on the surface. Let's, let's look at it from another perspective that's not being talked about. Let's talk about an affluent white family. And let's talk about, talk about how those children were raised. And someone like me, I was raised in a trailer with five other kids and two bedrooms. So I would sleep on the floor and on the bed and we would rotate. And I could look at that person and say, wow, they have it all. I wish that I you know, was them or they're so lucky or they're so privileged, if you will, yeah. not knowing the struggles that come with that. Because my dad spent every waking moment that he was not at work breaking his back with me. He would wake up early to spend time with me. He would take me fishing. He would be my best friend. And that may not be the experience. So that's, of course, a very broad example, but we just yeah. don't know what somebody is going through. Yeah. And one thing that had really struck me in this last year is I've always joked and said, I'm a mutt. I don't know what I am. 
<laughs> and I'm finally getting a DNA test. But as much as I can trace it back, Hispanic and Native American are prevalent Love from it. Spain. My family originally or originated and then made their way to New Mexico and then about 25% Native American of different kinds. But on the surface, you might think I'm a white man, especially if I'm in this lighting and I don't have a tan. So I had people that were very, very close to me this year that I'd reach out to and I wasn't reaching out to say, oh, you know, you're black, so I want to make sure you're okay. No, I was reaching out and saying, I'm hurting. How are you? Because I was hurting personally. And I got treated by a friend in particular. I'm thinking about one person that says, you don't know. You don't know. Why are you hurting? You shouldn't be hurting. And I'm like, are, are you are you kidding me? Like, I'm, I'm devastated now. So just because I'm not, again, division, it just leads right. to more division instead of understanding. Mike, you know that I, I used to be a police officer. Absolutely. But by my upbringing, I shouldn't have been because I was raised to fear police officers. Mm -hmm. I was raised, you don't trust them, you don't respect them because I actually had an uncle die in police custody. He got arrested for something very minor a couple of cities away. And when my grandparents got to the jail, he was dead. And they ruled it as a suicide. And still to this day, we don't know exactly what happened, but he knew his parents were on the way to bail him out for a minor infraction. So why would he have killed himself, right? And so I was told by my own father, you don't trust police. We don't trust them. They killed your uncle. And at the same time, running around as, as a youngster, it was nothing for me when my cousin said, hey, take this quarter bag and run it up to your uncle. And I'm like, well, what is that? Don't worry about it. Just run it up there and bring me back the money. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was. That was just what we did. So someone, you don't really know what somebody came from, but I became a police officer because I saw that if police were bad, which is how I was raised to think, well, then someone good has to step up and do something about it. Instead of saying, no, they're all evil. They're all this, they're all that and creating more division, right? Stepping in and taking personal responsibility and meeting people where they're at. And I had people that I would drop off at the jail and say, hey, thank you for listening. I never had somebody listen. And that's, good. that's where I'm getting back to what you were saying, Mike, the, the level of empathy that you are displaying in even saying that I can only imagine if that officer came to you right now and he said, Mike, I'm so sorry for what I did to you. And I'd like to have a chance to have a conversation with you. I fully believe knowing the man you are, you'd sit down and you'd say, I'd love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to learn what led you to believing that because I was a black man, I must be guilty. I can yeah. see you doing that. And that's the change that, that needs to happen, you know, in, in empathizing and connecting with each other. And there's a direct correlation to business. Why? Because business is people. <laughs> oh man, it's so people. <laughs> and if we don't know how to navigate people, then we're not truly going to get to the fullness of our purpose. And, and again, like you said, obstructors or pioneers and then everything in between, I think that we can all find ourselves on different sides of that, depending on uh, the lens that we're being looked at or how we're being perceived. But either way, our job is to bring people together. Uh, so tell me, Mike, about your certification with the DISC. And, and actually, Lamar, did you have something to say before we move on? Oh, no, I, it was, I saw that Mike was about to say something about that interaction with the police officer, and I felt like it was about to be so real, and I just wanted to capture it. That's all. <laughs> go, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well what I was going to say is, you know, Keanu was talking about, hey, if you could have that interaction and, you know, you sit down and maybe at the time, you know, he didn't realize. It, it, and like I said earlier, you're right. He was doing a, he, it, he was doing a job, right? He was laser focused, doing a job. Maybe in the back of his mind has some experiences with the badge because the badge come with the price. I respect law enforcement officers in their role, right? Because I was going to be one, right? To this day, I have no animosity 
towards anybody behind a badge, to, even towards that officer, right? Even though it almost almost ruined my life. But I looked internal because if I'm honest, I was probably making some decisions of people that I shouldn't be around. So anytime we want to be, you know, it's, change starts with us first. So I took an internal look and say, you know what? I need to make some better choices of the people that I hang around. Didn't even really know the guy jumped in a car to go and see some girls. And it probably probably the worst decision I ever made. Right. But if I can look at that officer right now, he would look at me and say, you know what? Man, I was wrong. And I'm sure he does because we all learn and grow from experiences. Right. So I'm sure he's a better person. He's a better person. We all grow and learn. And I'm a better person from it. So my my position is now, how can we prevent that? Not just that instance, but diversity, inclusion, leadership development, so we can make sure that everybody is on a different page and moving in a direction forward to change organizations and people and ourselves. Powerful. So good. Well, let's let's move into some of those ways that you know organizations can use your training. Let's talk about uh, the disc. And funny enough, Mike, I was uh, brought into a company not long ago, and the owner wanted to use the disc and the Enneagram. And I love it because if I were to elevate two different personality tools to the top, it would be disc and Enneagram because yes. of the way that they operate in tandem. And so I, I personally, I, I like the disc and, and I had to go toe to toe with this guy, Mike, he had been coaching with the disc for 25 years, ex Navy officer. And, uh, it was fun. It was a good time though. We really did get to the common ground of how they can be used in tandem. So explain to us, uh, your disc profile and then, you know, just really how you use the disc in organizations. Absolutely. Of course, you know, I'm a type one on a Enneagram, right? So in a type one on the Enneagram and I'm a D high D, high C, challenger uh, on a DISC profile. And of course, I've got, I'm DISC certified at the consultant level. So not only at the trainer level, but I can go inside organizations as a consultant. And my high D just means I'm a dominant driver. Uh, that C is the compliance side. I want to make sure that task-oriented things are right, <laughs> just like you're talking about. You know, some of the fears of a, you know, high D is being taken advantage of, Right. And then, of course, my S and I'm sort of, I read graphs, right? Of course, you got the D-I-S-C, you know, that D is your dominant driver, your I is influential, your S is steady and stable, and your C is some of the compliance style. And then, of course, you've got a midline graph and anything below the midline of your, of your line, that means it's just not high, right? And then you've got blended styles, just like you're talking about your, your, the wings, right, and, and how you correlate. But for me, I'm DC, right? So I'm a lead the charge. I'm, there's really no fear. I want to be first, make things happen. But at the end of the day, I'm dotting the I's, cross the T's and make sure it's done right. Which is so interesting because if I were to, we know that you and Lamar are both type ones, but I'd love to run Lamar through the disc. Lamar, we're going to set that up with Mike so he can, he can do that with you. I, I would love to. guess that, that Lamar would be high CS or high CI. I think that his D would be a little bit lower, but it is so cool though, to see either way that, you know, you're both ones and, and then the disc can shed a little bit of light. Or if you know your disc profile, the Enneagram can shed light in a different way. Yes. How do you see these with your exposure to the Enneagram and uh, the disc, of course, being a professional there, how do you see these working in tandem from your perspective? 
Oh, absolutely, man. Because of course where I'm at now, we use the Enneagram inside some of the teams, right? So if I'm looking at, you know, the confident path, mine, I type one, you know, look at the confident path and I correlate that to, okay, the high D, right? There's some of the insecure path. I mean, how do I operate on the pressure? So for me on the pressure, my personality, people skills go way down. And I, at the end of the day, you look at that and it's all about self-awareness more than anything else. So taking the Enneagram or it is the disc, it's about self-awareness. How can I learn more about me so I can identify so I can be a better person, better communicator and honor that, right? So when I'm looking at like a familiar path, right? So I'm looking at this information right here, like type, type one with the wing nine, <laughs> the idealist, you know? <laughs> It's that Lamar, the idealist, man, you know, so more detached to logic and per personal and objective, right? He's smiling, man, like, come on. So, but then when I look at the, my, my disc, my personal disc, right? When I look at my personal disc style, um, my, high, my high D, right? Because if I'm not careful with that and I don't realize that, I can become a tyrant or a bully, right? Because I'm leaning in so much, because I want to make things happen. So that's why I gotta be the, it's, it's all about making sure that I'm aware of my personality style and how I properly communicate, right? And then the Enneagram takes a deeper dive into that as well. I can relate to that so heavily when you said uh, in, in stress, my people skills go down. It's crazy because like when I'm at my best, I feel like people are just vibrant to me. Like they, they can't get enough of me. But when I feel like at a sense of I'm not confident in this situation. I don't feel like I know enough. I don't feel like I'm good enough in this area. Man, I retract so easily. You try to, it's almost like you're talking to a brick wall or a robot or, you know, Keanu calls me out for it all the time. But like, I relate to that so well about people skills going down under stress. So, uh, yeah. man, I'm, I'm glad we got a one on here finally, Keanu. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, and, and what happens in that, because it's not, you know, once we're aware of that, we can, we, we resonate with that. Because if we're talking to, we call a S. If somebody's high S on the, on the, the disc, uh, that means they're they're steady. And some of their they seek you know sometimes acceptance, but some of their strengths is listening, teamwork, right, and follow through. But you have a high S on your team, uh, man, they're gonna make sure things are done because they're they're a great team player. However, they're slow to begin. <laughs> you may ask for a report. It just may be a little late. <laughs> Keanu can't be nodding his head faster at me right now. Well, whatever. <laughs> I just, I'm just thinking through the lens of the Enneagram. So, you know, thinking about which profiles would match Enneagram types, right? And, and Mike and I, we've been processing putting on a mastermind for disc and Enneagram. So y'all stay tuned. We will let you know, um, because I think that'd be so impactful to see. I think of a high S personality being like a type five. Right, where they're going to get a lot of information, ask a lot of questions, get as much knowledge as they can to then figure out how to move forward. And when they move forward, then they start taking on some of the eight characteristics in confidence and some of that D starts to come up a little bit more, right? Yep. Um, so it was interesting. My first exposure to the disc was right before I moved to North Carolina. The executive pastor at my last church, he started mentoring me personally and he wanted to see what my personality was. And I was high D medium I and then S and C were just right on the line. Like they were very low. So all driver and Lamar knows me back then. He knows I was all driver. Like, I'm like, Hey, let's run through the wall. And then I look back after we made it through the wall and I say, who's with me, you know, still. <laughs> and, but when I moved to a Charlotte and I joined elevation church, when I found the Enneagram, 
I had started to see a transformation because I realized I couldn't run like that anymore. I would hurt people or I would lose people that otherwise would have been really great. And I think this is a, a message to all driven leaders out there. Hey, some people on your team, don't miss out on them when you haven't even got the most out of them yet because you just don't understand. So I started realizing how my dominant D could really hurt people instead of lead them. And I started to see my I go very high. So by the time, Mike, I uh, met with you and you did my disc profile, it was higher ID, but I'm still an eight wing seven. And I was still an eight wing seven when I came here. I had just become more aware of my personality. So again, people resist personality assessments because they don't like that it tells them who they are. No, it doesn't. It tells you rather how you can navigate the person that you are, right? You, uh, Ian Cron says it about, about being in a box. You're already living in a box. Let's shed some light on the box you're already living in and learn how to embrace the fullness of your personality. And so I've, I've seen how, I'm just seeing how the disc and the Enneagram, they relate and thinking about different types and what they might look like on the disc. Absolutely. And you're right. A lot of people are like, you know what? I'm, I'm not that person. You're right. We all have a variety of different styles inside of us it's what resonates more what, what's what's in us more what what comes forth the most right yes. and those personalities going to happen when you're in stress you're going to act a certain way right when, when you've got so much work so many things going on it's much say hey can you i can't do it right now <laughs> i've got too much going on here those people skills are gone <laughs> or no. you turn the music on everybody's laughing they're dancing or the first person dance you know what that's probably your high eyes in the room right you know some of your high eyes and characteristics are you know they're talkative they're very optimistic they're encouraging others i mean they're fun to be around they're just oh they're just the life of the party the um uh, the internal drivers there for your type one self uh the way that I explain it when people ask the difference between DISC and the Enneagram and what we had decided with this company I'm working with now and using them both is the DISC leans heavy to exposing the what with shedding light on the why. And then the Enneagram leans heavy into the why with shedding light on the what. Because ultimately, you know, we have to know where our strengths are as Absolutely. team members. So we need to know the strengths of our tools as well. So in putting those together, I really do see how businesses can really, really get the most out of people in, in understanding all of that. But your internal drivers as a type one, tell me about that dominant struggle of resentment and, and really what that might mean to you as a type one, because you are a very, very happy-go-lucky, kind, energetic person. Um, but knowing how this speaks to our why, I'd love to hear your perspective on that dominant struggle for a type one. Yeah, I've had to work on that, Keanu. <laughs> had to work on that because I realized, of course, when anytime you take an Enneagram or a disc, it's almost a power of awareness uh, and it's self-reflection. Self so I realized at the time that I was told early in my professional career that you, you, you lean in too hard, right? You need to be a little more forgiving. I'm thinking, what? When you write emails, they're coming across a different way. I didn't see anything wrong with it, right? So I had to self-reflect and realize, well, wow, I didn't see that. So somebody had to pour into me and realize that my style was a little abrupt, unknowingly. So I worked really hard on that over the years, right? So, you know, my, my mirror, of course, you know, is, is saying, all right, people see me as a happy, lucky guy. Like you just said, people see me as that, right? But in the details and weeds, Man, we're moving the ball forward. We're going to make this happen. We're going to knock the task out. We're getting it done. So 
that's what you see. Yeah. You yeah. See that. <laughs> like Lamar. Yeah. Right. No, it's funny because it came, the story came to mind. I tell me and Keanu tell us all the time to our, uh, to our coaches at true strategy is the time where I was texting Keanu. I sat there and thought, how do I make sure I don't come off condescending when I send this text message? And his first response was that was condescending <laughs> after the text. And I was like, I sat here and thought about it and it still came off that way. And so I, I get it. It's a, it's a struggle, you know, it's yeah. that thorn in our side for sure. It speaks to that defense mechanism that we find uh, in the Enneagram for the type one, it's reaction formation. So that's the defense mm -hmm. mechanism. So it's it how can I format my response in a way that, that gets across. And in doing that, it's, it's, we know in personality, and this is one of my favorite things to coach on, is how every type or every person inevitably creates the thing they fear the most or the thing they're trying to avoid. Absolutely. So Lamar sitting there crafting his text message was trying to avoid being condescending or judgmental. And in trying to avoid it, he actually created it. So yep. that reaction formation is, okay, how are they going to perceive it in the right way? And that's such a heavy burden because it depending is. on the person's mood, you just don't know. Right. If you would have sent that, a, you know, a week earlier, it might have been like, all right, yeah, I know, you know, you're right. But you're putting all this pressure on yourself. And that's what a type one does is they put a lot of pressure on themselves to oh, get God. things right, make things perfect, make sure that it's good. And they're perceived as being good, that then they end up being perceived as, as not necessarily bad, but wrong because of all that pressure they're putting on themselves. And so that's where it all points back to grace again as well. Um, so us good. being believers, all three of us here, followers of Jesus, we know that ultimately the, these tools, DISC or Enneagram, or our coaching, as great as it may be, is not the solution. Absolutely. Jesus is ultimately the solution. And when we can see very specifically where we need him in our life, we can pray very specifically, we can ask very specifically, we can seek accountab accountability in a specific way, right? That's when the true transformation starts to, to happen. So Lamar can give himself grace to say, I'm, I'm not bad, right? I'm made good because of my savior, not because of anything I did, but like I'm good with him. And as long as I'm good with him, everything else is cherry. You guys are killing it right now. I feel like I'm sitting in my own little coaching session. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good, man. That is so good, Keanu. I felt like he was talking to Lamar, and I was like, he's talking directly to me. <laughs> I was aiming it at Lamar, but yeah, Mike got something from it. Just imagine, listeners, when Mike and I do a mastermind group, what it would be like actually diving into these things together. Lamar's getting firsthand experience what it would look like. So, Mike, we have to make that happen. I know we've been talking about it for a while, but maybe this is an exclusive. We are going to make that happen. Oh, absolutely, man. We talk about DISC and, and kind of what we have, and we've got uh, not only from a career perspective, this specific assessment college and career disc assessment, entrepreneur disc assessment, student success disc. <laughs> so the, you know, the Enneagram definitely lays everything out and you add the disc and all the different layers of styles that we have to help not only college kids, but CEOs and executives sales impact report. So it will allow those sales professional to understand who you're selling to and understand their style. So if you're talking to a high D, you might want to move the move the move fast and make quick decisions because he's really to make that decision. If that that guy's Keanu is going in to sell um, and say, hey, well, let me get back to you. That D is thinking, no, no, just give me the information. Let's go ahead and move. But if you go on to sell to somebody that's a high C personality style and you observe that, you might want to give them all the facts first and don't leave anything out. So the, the powerful thing about Enneagram and the power of awareness and understanding not only your style, but who you're communicating to, you can have a powerful co connection and relationship. 
And if you have a powerful connection and relationship, Lamar, you know what I'm about to do. Accelerate relationships, accelerate results. Mike, that is our like that is our core. That is what we believe. That's why we exist. And, and constantly now that we've identified that accelerate relationships, accelerate results, we continue to hear it. We hear it in our client meetings. I just heard it in you as well. When you understand that person, you build the relationship, you get to the results. If we start at results, which is, again, that is all of our shortcoming. Trust me. I still, as a leader, Lamar can attest to it. Sometimes I go straight to the result. And I forget that relationship is required just because we've been best friends for so long. You know, I think that, well, no, he's like, he's good. He should know we have, we have a best friend, Lamar and I, who is very, very, very stubborn. And he does not believe that empathy, he thinks empathy is a one-time investment. So if he's been kind to you ever, then you should know where his heart is and he can tell you whatever he wants. And that's not true. Relationships, it, the, the meter, it's like a gas gauge, right? You got to continue to invest in it if you're going to make a withdrawal. So, you know, we all get into that, that rut of, of uh, leaning into the results over the relationships. And it's truly in the relationship that the change occurs. I think, again, going back to Christ, he established a relationship with us, right? A relationship. The law, the Old Testament told us the results. It told us the laws. It told us the rules, but it was not relationship. Jesus filled that void. He, he, he really reached across the chasm there to say, I want to have a relationship with you. And in relationship with him, we get the result of eternity, right? And so it's, it's again, why would we not model that? Oh, man, that's so good. Well, well I'm thankful that uh, I, I get to model that. I have the opportunity that you know, I'm a man of faith and I thank God every day that he allows me the ability to pour into somebody else, right? Because it's really less about me, more about them. And like you said, building that relationship, building that connection and having that influence. And that's the power of influence right there. So man, Christ first, Christ centered, people centric. Mike, I want to touch on this before we let you go. I want to touch on the, the, the topic of, of capacity. And you are one of the highest capacity individuals that I know, but I, I see how you, how you leverage others and, and really leading them to fill that void. So you have a, I, I don't say you have a part-time anything. Mike McCathern is not part-time anything. <laughs> he has multiple full-time roles and he crushes it at all of them. So what can you share about how you approach that and your capacity and how to empower others to maybe move in that direction as well, or realize the potential and the capacity they actually have? Uh, that's a strong question, Keanu. I, I, I move into my power of my giftedness, right? So I understand that I, I know who I am. I know my strengths, right? You know, my strength is developing and leading and influencing. That's my strengths, you know? So, but if I try to operate in my, that's not some of my gifts, I'm not going to do well at it. And my capacity you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to lessen who I am. It's going to decrease my tank. And, and when I say my tank, my energy, right? Then I'm operating outside of my gift. So I'm trying to be something that I'm not who I really am. And I'm a, I won't probably fail, but I won't be successful at it. So the first thing is understanding who you really are, right? I don't try to separate everything. I, int I integrate, right? I just add layers. So I understand I'm a high D dominant driver. I understand I can have a lot of things on my plate and I'm very high task oriented. So if I need to do something, I'm very, uh, I love uh, uh, helping people and leveraging people and I can move people to task and love seeing people be successful, Keanu. So with that, I don't have a problem delegating tasks and seeing it through completion, right? 
But if you ask me to think big, think outside the box, uh, we might want to get somebody else to do that. <laughs> that explains, man. That explains hey, so much. Mike, Coach Keanu will coach with me, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That explains so much as to why we operated so well in our role in leadership development. So Mike led that team from the volunteer side, and I led it from the staff side in in, in developing mm. leaders on our campus. And I would think of the okay overall. This is where we're going. This is the vision. This is what's happening. And Mike would say, okay, then these are the details. This is what needs to happen. And we knocked yeah. it out of the park. Um, I would say that leadership development was on par with anything you can spend any amount of money on. It was killer. And especially when you look at it from a church context, but we looked at it as like, we're developing people. We're not just developing leaders to do something on a Sunday. We were developing people as a whole. So it shed so much light in hearing you explain that as to how like we operated so well together. Yes. Yes, absolutely, man. I love it. And, and still continue to grow. And I'm just honored to have the opportunity, man, to where I'm at and what God has allowed me to do to add value. And Keon, it's just a pleasure. Lamar, pleasure to meet you, man. Uh, you guys are amazing. So we definitely have to definitely have to do this again. We will definitely. There's so much that we did not touch on, but <laughs> I know that people will want to engage with you. They'll want to interact with you. So where can people find you and how can they get in touch with you? Oh, absolutely. You can go to michaelmcatherine.net. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-L. M-C-C-A-T-H-E-R-N.net. You go to michaelmccatherine.net. You definitely see my uh, my website there and you can say, you know, reach out to me. You all visit Mike's website. You will be glad that you did. He has so much to offer and I'm just so thankful that he has been a coach and a leader in my life. Mike, I could not be more grateful. So you all visit that there. Michael, E-A-L, Mike E-A-L. Okay. Remember that, but I'll drop Mike, I'll drop your website in the, the notes as well. So you guys can access that. And of course, if you want to engage with us, identify your Enneagram type, bring us alongside accomplishing your goals, accelerating relationships and accelerating results in your business. You can email us directly. You're ready to go. You want to contact us. You don't have to think about it. You are ready. Info at truestrategy.info. If you want more information and you know your Enneagram type, you can find your five-page results PDF on our website, or you can take the assessment or send it to some friends around you that need a little bit of awareness in their life, and uh, we'll take care of that for you, assessment.truestrategy.info. So any closing words of wisdom or encouragement, Mike, before we let you go? I can't let you go. I just want to continue to pull more out of you. <laughs> Man, I appreciate that, Keanu. Uh, this morning, anything else? Uh, there, there's three things that I tell people to look at. Continue to know who you are, never doubt who you are, and move into the direction that you want to go, right? Design the life that you want to have. Because if you leave, up, leave it up to chance, it's pretty much chance that you will end up where you're going because you're not really confident in who you really are, right? So only thing I would say, move forward, move fast, stay faithful, keep God first, and accomplish everything that you want to do because I believe in you. Forward, fast, faithful, first. That is good, Mike. Thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, thank you all for joining us again for another episode of More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business. 